Welcome, my lords, to the Dreams of a Better Day podcast. This week, we watched... I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> Just an intro, man. I'm trying to get better, trying to diversify my uh, introductions. This week, we watched the 2003 movie, Hangman's Curse, which is based on the book by... Frank. Who has been called the sanctified Stephen King. Yeah, and Frank that's not Freddy. a joke. Frank Peretti. And Ben, did you ever read Frank Peretti books when you were a kid? I Yeah, I read a couple of the... Uh, he, so he had like a set of children... I think they were kids' children's books called the Cooper Kids Adventures. Yeah. Where there was always like this paranormal kind of stuff going on. And then, of course, I think it's probably his most famous book. It, in my mind, it is This Present Darkness. Yeah. Which is about like demon possession and stuff like that. Which you can understand why he's called the... Uh, Sanctified Stephen King because he's always writing about weird paranormal type things. Right. Yeah. And I read a, yeah, I read books a, don't usually do that. Right. Yeah. I read a couple of his books. Monster was okay, and we both read House. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really that, weird book. That was so strange. I yeah. Don't, I don't really even remember the plot. I just remember being like, "This is so weird." Yeah. I just remember somebody eating dog food. That's the only scene I really remember. So this spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry. This movie Is, was... Yeah. I don't... How how would you describe it, Ben? <laughs> I, I can't... Uh, like, one well, word... Well, it was also based off of a book. Yeah. In a, a series of books called, I think, The Veritas Project. Mm. Yeah, and I've, and I've heard the book might be... Yeah. Halfway decent. Probably better. Yeah. Which is, even... is usually true with books. To movie adaptations, the book's usually better. Yeah, right. But uh, this, it's, I don't know, it's a weird story. <laughs> so, just to give a, like, the Veritas Project, it's about this family of, like, paranormal investigators. Yeah, but, but they're also Christians. Kind of do-gooder type. Yeah, like, yeah, so they're, but they're hired by the government? Yeah. Or is it ever specified that they work for the government? Think, All we know is they get texts from somebody. I think which, the intro says the government, like the text intro. Oh yeah, that's right, the intro text. Yeah. The intro text is this paragraph that lets us know that all over the country weird things happen, and when those weird things happen, <laughs> who are you going to call whatever <laughs> these people's <laughs> names were? I don't even remember what anybody's names were. I wrote them down, actually. Oh, good. For the, this well, is I remember the, Alicia. Yeah, this is the first time I ever wrote down character names, yeah. and, and actually wrote down plot points. Not because... I wanted to be good on the podcast, but because I literally just couldn't follow what was happening, so I had to keep a notes. Convoluted. That's <laughs> the word to describe this movie. Yeah. And so this it's this this family that's contracted by the government to go and investigate weird things that are going on all over I don't know they do they go to a school in this one I don't know if they go to a school in any of the other there's, stories. There's, so there's only two books I think in there oh. they're both at, at schools. Okay. Yeah. So they are specifically contracted to investigate haunted schools. I guess. So, but what I don't understand is, so the, the mom and the dad are, you know. They, I didn't write their names. Uh, yeah. Mom and dad have this business or they're private investigators, whatever, whatever their credentials are. But their kids also participate in the investigations. Yes. So there's a lot of questions. First of all. Why are you making your kids do this? And are your kids even getting paid? Is it a two income operation or a four income operation? That's a good question. Because if they're just making their kids do this, this is a, it's not a good line of work to put your kids into because you're just teaching them to sneak around and break into places and lie to people all the time. Yeah, that's true. So uh, we should mention in case anybody isn't familiar with Frank Peretti, he is a Christian author. Mm-hmm. Writes thriller, yeah, and paranormal it's, stuff. Yeah, he's always got like this paranormal aspect to his writings, which when I was a little kid, I, I liked that because I was always into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I used to listen to late night radio programs about ghosts and stuff yeah, like right. that. And so... He finding, wrote from like the mid 80s to the mid two. It was like a, basically a 20 year mm-hmm. career. 
where he wrote a whole bunch of books. It started with This Present Darkness. But then people were really excited about him because they felt like like it was the Christian's answer to Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Do with that what you will. Yes. Well, given Stephen King's reputation for endings, perhaps that comparison is uh, (laughs) apt. Uh, yeah, so Hang's, Hangman's Curse is about a school that is apparently under a paranormal curse, and we'll explain why in a minute. Yeah. And so the family goes there to investigate, and so the two kids um, pretend to be students at the school. Yeah, one of them dresses up in a terrible nerd costume. <laughs> he puts glasses on. And a and sweater vest. <laughs> Which is funny, because he dresses exactly like... The other huge nerd in the school. They both oh, wear yeah. sweater vests. I, I guess... I, I, my question is, did nerds ever wear sweater vests? In sitcoms, they do. But is that, like... Is that them really, portraying nerds? Or is do people just think that's what nerds do simply because television portrays them that way? I don't know. Yeah, that's I a good question. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, so we need to talk about the opening of this movie. Okay, the opening scene is a faceless, you don't never see this person's face, but a very long sequence of shots of someone walking up a lot of stairs. <laughs> it's, it, it's a good, like, minute, maybe? Yeah. Of him walking upstairs. Which we find out later he's in the school. Yeah. Because the, the, it's this kid, and he does hang himself at the beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, so that's the, that's the big takeaway I had. This movie opens... By showing a kid hanging himself. Yeah. Which I was surprised by. I was surprised by it too. It's certainly, as far as like openings go, it was like, it did get my attention because I honestly don't know if you could open up a story any stronger than that. Like, besides the 30 minute walking scene. Right, besides the 30 minute walking scene. And so then it cuts from that and it just says, Ten years later. Yeah. And it doesn't even go to the school again. We open up in a warehouse. Oh, right. Where there are several teenagers <laughs> trying to buy 100 grams of meth from a, this this lady. And she this kid buys the meth from her. And then... We're introduced to this private investigator family. Who are actually dressed up as the drug dealers? Yeah. So they were selling the meth to the kids. It was was confusing. Yeah, we had to rewind this part and watch it again because I was totally lost. So they're selling drugs to this kid. And the, the, the kids from the family are also there to buy drugs. Are they? I, I couldn't figure out if they were with this kid. Because basically what they're trying to do, they're trying to extract this kid from a bad situa- home situation or something. Yeah. And he's getting into drug dealing. And so he is yeah, going to buy 100 grams. To, yeah, 100 grams of, of meth, meth is a that lot is, of it meth. It is a lot of meth. I have watched enough Breaking Bad to know. <laughs> it it's a look, lot of crystal, brother. Yeah, it didn't look like the meth from Breaking Bad. But we can forgive that. Yeah, right. So... If you're confused by this scene, don't worry because it doesn't matter at all. No, to the it rest doesn't. Of the movie. No, not at all. <laughs> and so the um, the family comes in and starts pointing guns at every at the the dealer and <laughs> no, the, there were the police came in after the family came in. That's why it was so confusing. So the private investigators shut down the drug operation and then they're pointing their gun at this kid they're trying to save. Oh, yeah, and right. then the cops come in and now everybody's on the ground. I don't know if that was just to for the paranormal private investigator family. Like to, to keep their cover. Right. Yeah. I'm guessing that's probably what it was. But I guess they saved this kid from a life on the streets, which is good. Yeah. But I guess this is how we're they introduce us to what this family does. And then... They go off and do something completely different. Mm. Yeah, but I I think we were seeing like the end of their last job, essentially. Yeah, and the son in the private investigator family, Elijah, is dressed up sort of like a goth, you know, like as goth, and he has like his hair spiked. Oh yeah, and he's to fit in and look like an actual drug, like street youth. Yeah, he is just he's dancing around. He, I don't know if he... I can't remember if he was like a Walkman or... There was music playing and I think it was supposed to be in the scene. Oh, okay, yeah. And like he's it wasn't just, just background music. Dancing around. 
Like, I don't know. It seems like he's too chill for a meth deal. I've never participated in one of <laughs> Neither those. Neither have I. But I don't think I would be dancing around. Yeah. It was it was interesting. It was... And very confusing. So confusing. Um, uh, and so then we cut to football. That's how we knew this is... Well, first of all, the, the private investigator dad has a, a black cross drawn on his forehead. Yeah. As like a tattoo, was there I a guess. reason for that? Because it was I, only in that scene. I don't know. I guess that's the first the first thing we can point to to qualify this as a distinctly Christian movie. Christian movie. Yeah. The the private investigator dad does have a cross on his forehead. That's true. Maybe it was Lent. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was Ash Wednesday. Casual Ash Wednesday drug bust. What have you been doing with your Lent season? <laughs> Giving up drugs. <laughs> oh, all right. Fair enough. So, Any, yeah. we cut to a football game. Yeah. Another thing football. to point to to know that this might just be a Christian movie. Yeah. And so, they're, so if you think about it, this movie opens up with a kid hanging himself, then goes directly to a drug deal. At this point, I was a little concerned that perhaps this wasn't a Christian movie. Right, yeah. But it's, then we went to high school football, and I was like, all right, I know this. this definitely top five... Christian movie. Top five biggest size of relief I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> and so we cut to the football game, and the team... I don't even remember what the school is called, do you? No. So... It wasn't relevant. No. They didn't waste time explaining uh, that to us. So the the team, they were purple. So the purple high school is playing in, I don't, I can't remember if they're winning or losing. I think they're losing. I don't, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it does not matter. And so they're in a huddle. Then all of a sudden the quarterback starts having these weird black and white, like, like white hot visions. Yeah. And everything sort of is amplified in his face and there's weird screechy music playing. And then he looks up. At the bleachers, and there's a whole drove of goth kids sitting up on the top. Of them. I don't know. It seemed it. Maybe it was the visions. Yeah. Maybe I was having yeah. visions of my own, but I interpreted a drove of goth kids, and they're looking down at him. They make eye contact, and one of them smiles. Mm-hmm. So, and then doesn't he see like a flash of a like in between the two goth kids that are actually there he sees this third person appear in between them like yeah yeah i think which is to assume is the kid that that the, hung himself yeah presumably is yeah, the his kid name is abel fry abel fry yeah is there a significance in that name i don't think so okay so abel fry uh, he sort of appears in between these two goth kids during the, the white hot vision and then the the kid collapses on the field and then the coach comes out on the field and he says something like, somebody's like, we got to do something. And the coach is like, yeah, this makes three of our players. So three of the, well, you said, Ben, what is what story does this remind you of? You uh, said it several times throughout the movie. I, well, yeah. So Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Is the, Petrified students. Yeah. Lying prostrate <laughs> on the ground. And, and the, as the plot continues, you'll see why I made this connection. But this is essentially the same story as Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to close the school down because things are happening to these kids. And there's more, but we'll get to that. And then the coach is like, this makes three of our players. And actually, the football game comes before the warehouse. I have it written down. Does it? Yeah. So it's... it's, it's, uh, So, hanging football. Then drugs. Yeah. We really don't pay attention well. I should have followed my notes. Um, okay, so they go through all of this. The kid collapses at the football game. You have the whole warehouse drug bust bust. And then... Uh, yeah, they, they go to the school. They're having a meeting with like the principal or something like that. And there's always, like whenever you're in the school hallways and people are walking around, there's always like rock music playing. <laughs> the soundtrack in this movie was exhausting yeah there's always like quote unquote cool guitar music playing in the background all the time unless it's one of the creepy scenes and then there's the the creepy theme is playing yeah right is the same yeah and there's a shot of the football players and the goth kids like having some kind of altercation altercation in the hallway Mm -hmm. so we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they don't like each other and then the the private investigator family is meeting with the principal, or is it a cop? I think both. No, 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 no. It's one of them's the principal, and one of them is like a school security guard. Okay, the, Mr. Eyebrows is yeah. the security guard. 
This he, guy. he is what you would call a face actor. Yeah. I think. Which... <laughs> he, in this scene, his eyebrows are off kilter. He definitely has fake eyebrows. And one are is... They? they have to be fake. Are you... I think he was just like making a face with No, them. they looked off kilter. Because then in two other scenes, his eyebrows were fine. And then in like the last scene he's in, they're off kilter again. I, I thought he was just showing his skepticism by... Making a face with his eyebrow. I don't know. Well, those of you who have seen this movie, you have to let us know what you think about his, Mr. Eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Which, I don't know his name. I don't know, even know if he had a name in the yeah. movie. So, the private investigator uh, signs roles for themselves. The dad is gets a pretend job as a janitor mm-hmm. so that he can check things out. Uh, the girl is cast in as this... As one of the mean girls. As one of the mean girls. <laughs> And the boy is a nerd who puts on his glasses and sweater vest. Mm-hmm. What does the mom do? She's, she doesn't go to the school. She just house. hangs out in their RV. I forgot to mention. Yes. They ride around in an RV like the mystery machine sort of. <laughs> yeah, and they have all their labs set up in there. Sort of like, again, Breaking Bad. They have a lab set up in their RV. It's sort of a... This movie's basically a mashup of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and Scooby-Doo. And a little bit of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Has sprinkled on top. All the things that we love. Yeah. And so they, they get their jobs as undercover investigators. So the, the kids go to class. And there's this weird... Again, this this whole this whole uh, interaction with the teacher doesn't mean anything, does it? No, not really. It's, I mean, it's just like... It, I felt like it was the Christian... It's sort of brought back at the end. Uh, so the teacher is teaching a class about how moral values don't matter and like relativism. Yeah, basically. essentially it was relativism. And then you know the student who is the girl who's part of the paranormal investigation team like raises her hand and asks a question, which I didn't even catch what her question <laughs> yeah, was. But it was basically she was um, Josh Wheaton from God's Not Dead. Yeah, you know, standing up to the the evil atheist professor, which not doing a good job of keeping her mean girl cover yeah, by sitting in front true. of the class and asking very <laughs> advanced questions. She blew her cover right there. Yeah, but what's interesting about this scene is that then there's this other guy whose name is Blake, and he's sitting in the back of the class. Yeah, he's a football, but he's vis- he's visibly impressed by this girl's answer. Yeah. Um, so something's going to happen there. And then, um, like all, is it the other girls or is it someone else who like come up to her after class and they're like, wow, I can't believe you stood up to old man, you know, whatever yeah, the teacher's whatever, name, whatever his name was, old man Radisson. Yeah. Old man Radisson. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a big group of mean, I guess the mean girls. Yeah. But they're, they're not very mean though. That's I know. Thing. Yeah. They're, Except they're, they're the pretty, goths. for mean girls, they're pretty accepting. Yeah. Like they just yeah. Invited her into... They recognized one of their own, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was because of her dress or because of her oratory, but yeah. either way, she meets all the qualifications that they're looking for in a new member of the gang. Yeah. And so then they go to lunch, which... Yeah, that, which was amazing. Like, first day of school, and you get invited to be with the Mean Girls. Yeah, it's a dream come true for some people. Is that what happened to the Mean people. Girls, too, though? Like, she gets invited to sit with them I right never away. saw the second one. No, two, two as in oh. also. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, um, I didn't know there was a second one. No, she kind of... Mm, yeah. So doesn't this, she get into the Mean Girls just to get revenge on them? I don't. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I... I've never seen I it. I can't remember. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. It's good. You should check it out. All right. Um, so they go to the cafeteria. There's just, again, just dumb banter and the goths some and exposition the don't like each other yeah again more the goths and the jocks don't like each other and then uh the nerd private investigator kid uh another nerd is getting picked on so he goes up behind the football player and twists his arm behind him and says you ever play twister and slams his face onto the table again totally blowing his cover as a nerd he doesn't slam his face down though he's just like he twists his arm and then like Presses him down on the table. Was, like yeah. you said, it was like very anticlimactic, like school bully standing up to the you know, oh, standing yeah. up to the school bully scene. It was very, um, uh, it wasn't very satisfying of a moment. Yeah, I'm just trying to justify watching this movie altogether by creating these moments. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, 
there's a conversation somewhere, and probably you have detailed notes on this, and I don't, about the hangman's curse. Yeah, they basically talk about how this kid hung himself ten years prior, and I, I what's so weird about this is instead of just having all these events take place after the event, they go ten years after. So are we to believe that... Because when the coach says, like, that's three of our players, he makes it... I don't know, he, his tone was more, like, immediate. Like, this has happened. Yeah. The way he just said players, it seems like that current team has had three people ending up prostrate on the ground. Which, I think that's the case. Like, I think this is something that has just started happening. Okay. I but think. I don't know if they explain the ten years thing, though. They just kind of say... and they Yeah, well, never mind. We'll get to that later. But they just kind of say, like, he hanged himself... And all these things have started happening 10 years later. That's really all. And, but then when do we we find out around that time, too, that people are getting these weird uh, scratched pictures in their locker of, like a, of a stick figure being uh, hanged. And so they don't really explain that, though. But we, we know something is afoot. And then we go back to the RV. Oh, yeah. So, like, the first day, the girl sneaks up to the... Place where uh, the kid had died. That's right, further impressing the mean girl crowd because they can't believe that she's actually going up there. But then they come to barred doors that are closing off that wing of the school, which this school has a lot of stories. Like, there's a lot of steps that they walk up. And then they come to a, like, bar, like, a prison bar gate. And it's unlocked. They just go in. She picks the lock. And then she's like, oh, it's unlocked. Look at this. Oh, I well, missed it. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so yeah. her private investigator skills are paying off, but again, not doing a good job of keeping her cover. Yeah. She keeps showing herself time and time again to yeah. be more multifaceted than is typical of a high schooler. So while she's up there, she goes up alone because the rest of the mean girls are too scared to go up with her. Mm-hmm. And she's looking around at the scene of the hanging, I guess. And then comes across a weird room with a doll that's hanging in it. Yeah. And then, and then she sees something jumps out at her. Jump yeah. out at her. And then she wearing a mask is thrown backwards and is knocked out because she yeah. hits her head. She hits her head on a pipe and is knocked out. <laughs> And so the next scene is back in, like, the school hospital, and they're talking about what happened. Then it goes back to the RV Mm -hmm. where they're talking. And the brother and sister have really weird banter. I think we even mentioned that at one point it seemed almost kind of flirty the way they were bantering with each other. Yeah, so for the first, like, what, half hour of the movie, we were unclear on whether they were actually brother and sister or, like, a couple. Because the girl then... When she's asked if they're brother and sister, I think it was in the principal's office before they started investigating the school. They say, is this your brother? And she was like, DNA results are still pending Yeah, which or made me think that, yes. And she wasn't pleased with it. Yeah. But then, so there's this scene where uh, the kids tell their parents that they have to go to the school that night to get some kind of information about something that has to do with the paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if we read the book, we would know, but the yeah. movie didn't really explain yeah, why. Yeah, so then the parents acquiesce, and the kids go to the school, and... Yeah, okay. So, these kids have, you know, they're working under the authority of the government. The school knows that they're there investigating this thing. And so, they have to go to the school at night to check something out. Now, you would think, because the government hired them to do this job, and the school knows that they're there... That they could just go to the school and it would be fine. Yeah, all access pass. Right. But instead, they dress up in all black and sneak into the school, which doesn't. it didn't really make sense because they have permission to be there. Maybe they were trying to sneak in case there were, you know, cultists there or something. Yeah, I guess that's what they were expecting. And that's pretty much what they find. That's when they find the pentagram and stuff. Well, they first are looking in the trophy case and they see a picture of... The demon picture. Yeah. It's like a weird... Was that ever explained? Why that was there? No, but they say something like... Somebody... Who... Who would feel this way or something? It's like there's a whole trove of goth kids in the school. Are we really having trouble deducing who could have <laughs> yeah, possibly I mean, it was, drawn this? It was this? clear from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then... they they I think they figure out, based on that, the trophy case, and what happens later in this scene, that it is the goth kids that 
have something to do with the hangman's curse. Which, yeah. side note, the hangman's curse, a hangman is the guy who hangs people. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I did not know that. A hangman is the guy who, you know, pulls the lever and hangs the people. Oh. He's not the guy that's getting hanged. Oh, my. So, just plot holes abound. Anyway. Yeah, and they, they hear chanting, too, when they're at the school. Yes. Like, chanting yes. and... In Latin or something. Yeah, it, it reminded me of Monty Python and the Holy Grail when they're bashing <laughs> their heads with the Bible. Uh, and then, then okay, so then they go out of the school, and the goth kids are there. Yeah. The reason we're having trouble explaining most of this is not because we weren't paying attention, but it's just a very convoluted story. It's so convoluted, it's very hard to follow. And so, yeah, they they go out of the the like side entrance of the school, and they're on top of the fence or on top of the dumpster or something. The main goth kid, what's his Ian? Ian, Ian that is up on top of the fence, and as they come out of the school, he's like, "What are you doing here?" Like, I don't, I don't know, dude. What are you doing here? Yeah. I think that they actually ask him that. Yeah, and he's... I don't know. And then he I guess they... Think, I don't know. I wouldn't be as surprised. He's just a lurking goth kid. Yeah. What, what do you expect? He... They have a conversation, and essentially he says something mysterious, and then they turn around and he's gone. Yeah. And then we cut to gym class, where there's some kind of like bullying going on, and so the dad investigator they're, yeah they're bullying they're bullying the two goth kids yeah, and so the dad investigator takes the two jocks who are bullying down around behind the bleachers, and he tells them that it needs to stop, and then the coach comes around, and he's like, "Is there a problem here?" Yeah. He's like, the dad's like, "No, we're not finished yet," and then the coach is like, "Guys, go run some laps." Basically, getting they're I think they're trying to. Portray this coach as he just wants to be in with the, like, I, I like think, with the fellow kids. Yeah, I think what they were doing and not communicating very well was that, the, you know, it's the standard sports kids show thing where it's like, we need, we need our team, so we're going to let the sports players get away with anything mm. so that they can keep playing on the team, which that's yeah. a common thing in sports yeah. movies and shows like oh your grades are bad that's fine keep playing on the team you know oh you're bullying people that's fine you play on the team so you're safe like i think that was what they were going for but it was never okay. really made clear. right and then the dad <laughs> decides he i don't know they talk, he talks to the coach and he's like well why don't we shake on it about whatever they agreed on. i don't it didn't matter yeah <laughs> and then the whole i think the whole reason this scene was set up was for the dad private investigator to go to shake the guy's hand but and, then and he just uh, pulls back his thumb. Yeah, like they, yeah, pulls back his thumb by putting like the crook of his thumb and forefinger into the guy's crook of his thumb and forefinger and twisting his hand around. The, the twister. Yeah, the old, yeah. Ever play twister? And so he does that, and the coach, I guess, is intimidated. It hurts. It obviously is a fairly effective maneuver. Yeah. Because the coach is uh, speechless, and then the dad says something about, we got to stop bullying, get to the bottom of everything that's going on. I don't know. Yeah. He, again, not very good at keeping his cover. <laughs> so by now, all three, the dad, <laughs> the, the girl, and the boy, have point. blown their cover. But nobody... Although I think the coach knows who he is anyway. Oh, really? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, perhaps he does. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And then uh, that guy that liked um, the Alicia, the private investigator girl in class Blake, at the Blake. beginning. Yeah, Blake. Yeah, Blake. They start to hang out, and they have a really weird interaction. And then there's a spider on Alicia's shirt. Yeah. And Blake says, oh, spider. And then she's like, ah, and then he goes in and kisses her. Yeah, that which, was so weird. That was really weird. But then she, did she slap him or just tell him not to ever do it again? Yeah, she, was, she, in the movie, she was like into it, but she's like, never do that again. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Was she into it though? I, like, I, I thought so. It I seemed like it. Maybe, maybe she wasn't. Um, Doesn't seem anything people would be into. We're also the old uh, spider bait and switch, right? No, I'm not saying in real life that she would have been, but it seemed like in the movie she was. That is true. But we need to talk about. We've jumped past it. Blake's introduction of himself to this girl is one of my favorite moments in the movie. Oh yeah! yeah so yeah. right after the first class ends, after she stood up to old man Radisson, uh, he walks up to her. 
and she's wearing a cross. And so he's like, uh, oh, you have a cross on. Uh, do you believe in the hereafter? And she's like, I, I guess, or something like that. And then she's, and then he says, well, then you must know what I'm here after. <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe my favorite pickup yeah. line of all time now. Yeah. Kudos to Blake. <laughs> yeah. He knew what he was about. Um, and I guess she wasn't too, like, it worked. Uh, yeah, it so. definitely did. And then we're also introduced to another nerd. Yes, Norman. That's his name? Norman. Okay, so I have it written down. Storm and so Norman shows Storm her Norman. all of his rodents and reptiles. His in friends. School. Yeah, he calls them his friends. It reminds me, you've never seen this, but it reminds me of Willard, that movie about the guy that makes friends with a whole bunch of rats. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. You should check it out. It's a good movie. <laughs> well, and, uh, based on your history of good movies. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah, we can maybe talk about more at the end of the podcast. Yeah, we'll do that later. And so he shows uh, Alicia all of his friends. And a snake, a rat. I think that was it. Yeah. Did and he then, have some spiders? Hmm? Did he have spiders? I don't remember if he had spiders. I don't or think not. he did. I think it was mostly just reptiles and rodents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's also this. Man, this, this movie's so confusing. I know. There's also this subplot going on of an actual investigation taking place, and this is where the mom comes into play. Where during during all of this stuff that's happening at the school. She's also investigating the lockers where the kids of the kids who have been like going crazy. Yeah. And they discover these straws in the lockers. Oh yeah, the straws. I forgot about those. And they have a dog who can sniff out things. Max. Max. I remember his name. Max the dog. Really the best character. Yeah, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Anyway, he's he, he's involved in the investigation and sniffs the straws. And so there's something going on with the straws. So they call this professor to come and, you know, help them investigate what's going on with these straws. And they found like leftover bits of a bug in one of the straws. Mm. And so the, the professor shows up and he is Frank Peretti. Yeah. Like playing this kooky professor. Yeah. And you can tell he's having fun. Yeah. I got the feeling that, like because none of these actors are pro- like professional A-list actors in this movie, he was kind of like seen as the star. Yeah, so he yeah. just had fun with it. Right, he was yeah, acting all goofy and kooky, and like it was weird. It was really weird. But he, so he's he's just like all over the place, kind of goofy. It's it's hard to describe him. He is this the stereotypical kind of like mad scientist character. I think is a good way to describe it. So during all of the other stuff that's happening, those two characters are discovering this, like what's going on with these straws. And is there more to talk about with the school or can we jump right to that? Um, I, no, I think that was it. So they, at this point, they still think there's something paranormal happening. And they, they found like this Elijah and Alicia, the two kid main characters found this room with like a pentagram and these masks and this like occult looking stuff and so the the assumption they want you to work with is that there's some kind of demonic force that's causing this ghost to come and get revenge on students and like they can hear the cult i guess it's a cult yeah whatever it is i i so i I think the we find out because the parent, par, the private investigator's son goes to Abel Fry's house where he used to live. And we find out that Abel Fry was very severely bullied mm-hmm. while he was in school. The, it, it's his stepsister's house, I think. Oh, yeah. This Abel was, Fry's the, stepsister. Yeah, it's, it's Abel Fry's stepsister. And I guess the goths kind of worship this kid because they feel one with his soul because he, he also was also was bullied. bullied. Yeah, yeah. But and it was ten years ago. Yeah, that's when. Which is weird if you think about it. So there was a student at Geneva College who died while. Yeah, we were... it was like the year before I started okay. going there. It, I was I was there while it happened, and if you went to Geneva today, which is what four or five years after, no one would know that kid's name. Right. And Geneva's really small. Yeah. So I, you could kind of compare it to this high school just in the fact that, right. like... So it's really... It would be a place where that kind of story you would think maybe would linger, but 
Not at all. Yeah, so it's, it's weird to me that they remember him ten years later. Yeah. Okay, so then the straw... I'm so, yeah, so, the, so confused. The, the goth kids, essentially, to sum it all up, what you discover in the middle of the movie, which is muddled and confusing and convoluted, and I'm just going to summarize what you learn in that section of the movie, because if we try to explain it, it's... The goth kids have been calling on the ghost of Abel Fry to um, to cause the people who have bullied them to go insane. The goth kids don't know how it works. They actually think it's the ghost of Abel Fry. That's making everybody have the white hot visions. Yes, right. What we find out through the subplot of the straws is that there have been these spiders that have been... There's these pheromones in, that the spiders have been releasing. So when a person has this straw put into their um, their locker, it calls another spider to come and attack them. Oh, okay. And it's, it's a convoluted thing where the spiders want to mate with each other, but then the one spider ends up being dead, so the other spider's mad. So it just bites whatever it gets nearest to, which is the student they want to attack. And then... It's also been, like, because of the way it escapes from the straw, it's also eaten some poison, so it dies immediately after it attacks. Yeah. And then, so don't, it's a one-hit kill, essentially. Like, it kills, it attacks mm. the thing, and then it dies. And so that's what we figure out has been going on. But we, I, I, And I don't know the science behind it. I don't know if spiders yeah, actually behave that way. I don't know either. But essentially, that that's what's been happening. So it's not really a paranormal thing, but the goth kids think it is. And that brings us, I think, to the play. Oh, yeah. And this, sort of the climax of the movie. This is the strange... I think this... Of all the strange things <laughs> this, in this strange movie, this was, this strange play was probably the strangest thing <laughs> in this strange movie. It's this play called The Curse of the Hangman. Yeah. And it, there's... Which, I, I, I don't know what the... All we know about the play, which the students are watching it during... I like it's an assembly or something. They're watching it at school, and there's people dancing around in dark robes, and there is a gallows on stage. <laughs> like, I mean, I know suicide is a much bigger and hotter issue now than it was back in like the I, when was this book? Two thousand. Well, two thousand three is when the movie came out. Yeah. I, I don't, it wasn't as, I don't think as big of like a hot button issue as it is now, but the, there's no way that a school would have let this play be put on. Right, because it's not like, I don't think the curse of the hangman is like this mythological thing. And is it all the goth kids that are in this play? No, because they're watching it. I, I don't the two main character goth kids are watching it anyway. But these people are doing like a satanic dance. So basically these other kids wrote a play about what the goth kids are doing. How do they know what they're doing? Right, but they don't know. It's so... It's so strange, but it's just an entirely inappropriate stage production to have at a school where somebody hung themselves on school grounds. <laughs> or at all, really. I... I don't understand it. it Maybe it's some kind of veiled criticism of the public school system. It doesn't make any sense None. that they would put on a play about the curse of the hangman, which is a thing that's happening at their school, ten like and started ten years ago. Yeah. Like I really don't understand how this play got made because one, it gives away the secret of the curse of the hangman. The paranormal investigators didn't even need to investigate if they had watched the play. Oh, they yeah. would know what's happening. Yeah. Oh, there's some cultists pay five, five bucks, go to a high school production of <laughs> an original high school production of Curse of the Hangman. <laughs> the goth kids are not good at keeping their cover no. either because they just told everybody what they're doing in the play. Nobody has any discretion in this movie <laughs> whatsoever. It's a world totally void, devoid <laughs> of discretion. Yeah, and so it's so a one of the. The goth kids, the the girl goth character, whose name I did not write down, uh, and I don't remember it. She gets the the hangman's curse while she's watching the play. Yeah. And Ian, who is kind of like her boyfriend, I guess, like they're they're sort of together, uh, even if it's not official. He is distraught because he's like, not her, not her. He yeah. thinks he's been betrayed by the ghost of Abel Fry. Yeah. So he goes up on stage 
Oh, yeah. In front of the entire school, puts his neck in the noose of this stage production of The Hangman's Curse and and tries to hang himself. And, like, six people are all gathered around to catch him. Nobody thinks to go up onto the gallows to try to restrain him. They're all just standing there like they're trying to catch a pop fly in the eighth (laughs) inning of a baseball game. (laughs) And then... But so he, that happens. Yeah, he doesn't hang himself. Yeah. He gets, he gets rec- rescued. I also want to say at some point around this time, I think it was, I think the mom private investigator says to the, the to Frank Peretti, I can't remember what the doctor's name is. Uh, Algernon. Dr. Algernon. Oh yeah, that's right. Dr. Algernon uh, tells him that we are running out of time. I thought it was a weird, because there's no time frame that's been established. I don't understand what the... The, the kid's dying. Oh, that's all. Yeah, like the kids. So the way the hangman's curse works is they start to go crazy. They see visions. They go to the hospital, and then eventually they're going to die. And so that's the time. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, it makes sense. Something in this movie (laughs) is starting to make sense. So they rescue the goth kid from hanging himself publicly in front of the entire school, and then around this time. The uh, subplot with the spiders and straws, they discover that it is the spiders. They figure out that they need this particular kind of um, anti-venom or something like that. And they figure out that at one point, somebody messed up. And the spider trap that they put in caused a spider not to die, but to live and to mate. And so there's thousands of spiders in the the um, air ducts of the schools. And this is where I got my second Chamber of Secrets vibe, where I'm like, oh, so one, it's spiders, which is also a Chamber of Secrets thing, but a red herring in that. Mm -hmm. And two, they're creeping around in the ducts of the school, just like the snake in Chambers of Secrets. Yeah. And so... Oh, I want to point out, too, sorry to jump back, but (laughs) during (laughs) during the... The weird goth kid goes up to the new scene. Yeah. He says, I have to get to Abel, which he's really far gone in this. <laughs> like, that's what's so weird about this is there. It's literally it is literally a cult. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even a joke at this point. He's like, I have to get to Abel. And then he goes up to the noose, which I don't. I think he means that he has to kill himself to talk right. to Abel. But it just does not seem realistic. Like you think, <laughs> you think so? Like just the. <laughs> I understand getting really far gone in a cult, but like, it's a high school. This kid died ten years ago. Yeah. And these, well, goth kids have created a religion that they think is worth. That's what's so weird about it is everybody in this cult actually thinks that it is them that but they don't have any basis that any of these rituals would work because abel didn't leave behind a manifesto or anything yeah i guess you're right about that yeah we're never really told why they do this that's a good point and then i can't remember why he thought going to abel would help or is that's just his way of saying like yeah well i'm goth at at one point he's also i think he says like uh take me not her so he's like sacrificing himself for the other girl who has been hit by the hangman's curse. So maybe that's what his rational thinking is there. So they do have some kind of redemptive quality to their religion, I suppose. (laughs) However, I don't think rational thought is what we're intended to be thinking that he has at this point. I don't think rational thought has anything to do with any of this at all, Benjamin. You're probably right about that. And then... So, we figure out, okay, sorry, we keep getting started. So we figure out the whole pheromone thing, and it, <laughs> it went awry. And then is this when Alicia, can, like, hangs out with the nerd and finds out the no, plot twist? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. She, oh, wait. Or is this, this is when she crawls into the, yeah, she the crawls air duct into the and air. sees the, the spiders, the myriad of spiders in the air duct. And she goes... She falls. No, that doesn't happen first. She goes up first. Yeah, she goes up to the top of the school where Abel had hanged himself. Mm -hmm. And 
it was up there that they couldn't get before. Like when she got knocked oh, out. Oh yeah. And she sees these masks and she's freaked out by all of this weird stuff. And one of the masks is actually a person with the mask yeah, just this, standing there. This uh, black adorned druid yes. that jumps out at her it's... and she bites this druid. Yeah. And... Oh, this is a different scene, isn't it? Oh my gosh. This movie is such a mess. It is. <laughs> anyway, well, skipping all of that. She finds out that uh, yeah, the not, nerd. Yeah, we don't need build up to this. Yeah, yeah. She, she finds out that the nerd Norman is actually the one who's been Dorman Norman has been running the cult, and essentially what he's been doing is listening to the cultists in their cult because he was friends with Abel or related to Abel. He's, he's the kid in the picture that we see of Abel. He's his nephew. Okay. So yeah, he's Abel's nephew. And he's also tired of being bullied. And so apparently he's the one who set up the cult. And he has been like... So whenever the Goths make a request that Abel attack someone, he sets up the spider thing. And oh. uh, he's the one that actually has them attacked. This guy attacked. is an excellent cult leader. Yeah. He has... He has the makings of the next um, Charles Manson. Yes. Or Jim Jones. Yes. Or any number. Any number of cult leaders. So he, uh, so we find out he's been the one that's behind it all along. There's nothing paranormal Mm -hmm. happening here. Yeah, and then the spiders are all over the school. They show up at the coach's office. Yep. They have to evacuate the school and make sure nobody has spiders on them. Which I have to side note, before the coach sits down at his desk, which is like right in the weight room. Isn't it? He just yeah yeah. He just has his desk set up oh, in the yeah, weight he's room. D- he's doing what his interpretation of bicep curls are, but like the form is, it's just, it's ridiculous. I, I like, I don't even. It's so bad. It's not even laughable. I don't know what the person was thinking. I like nobody had ever seen anyone do a bicep curl. This is like the most basic <laughs> movement you could do in a gym. And he like has the dumbbells angled weirdly and he's like bringing them one th- bringing them up one third of the way and just cranking out as many third reps as he can. He's going for low weight high reps, I think. That's what he's doing. Yeah, high reps indeed. <laughs> anyway, so the the dad of the paranormal investigator team runs into him and he's like hey we need to get out of here there's spiders all over the place we should probably go out and and the coach is like well you're afraid of a couple of spiders <laughs> yeah and then his entire gym this guy plays ball yeah his entire gym is invaded by spiders and yeah. he screams like a little girl essentially yeah and that's really which i didn't think i would yeah, oh yeah i would do the same thing yeah. i would have left when he said they're spiders yeah right <laughs> But, the, but again, these movies always set up antagonists, yeah. like just totally committed to not listening to the voice of reason whatsoever. Yeah. Because you remember when the coach confronts him under the bleachers earlier in the movie, the coach says to him, since when did toilet cleaning become a prerequisite for ethics? Do you remember that line? Yeah, I do remember that line. Yeah. I don't, I don't so remember this, what it had to do with the movie, though. It's, but it's just, he has, like, this weird it's commitment to yeah. being a bad guy. Yeah. And, and so he refuses to listen to any kind of reason just because He's a bad he guy. thinks he loses. I don't know. Yeah. He's this weird, I don't know. Character motivations don't matter at mm-hmm. this point. We're, we're, in, we're in the end game now. Yeah. Uh, and then the the nerd explains all his whole plan. Yeah. I love it's it literally it's you classic. said you said um like halfway through the movie you're like this is Scooby Doo all over again. And then at the end the bad guy explains his plan <laughs> like, to the, the detective. Yeah. <laughs> and he explains his plan and then he pulls out a knife which was I to me that was like the real plot twist. I can buy this guy who is friends with rodents and reptiles, but yeah, having all these spiders, I can buy that. But he brought a knife to school. A, yeah, he brought a <laughs> knife to school, and then he pulls it out in front of Alicia, and then she she evades him. I can't remember how she throws something at him. Yeah, or, there's like a little bit of a chase scene, but eventually um, 
she gets back into the air duct that she mm-hmm. was crawling through. She's wearing a hazmat suit because of the spiders. Yeah. And then she falls through the air duct. Yeah. And this particular air duct happens to fall all the way down onto the pentagram where the goth cult worships. Well, on that, a that's a plot basis. point. Because the when the goth, goth cult gathers to worship and they cry out the name of who they want to be killed... The sound goes up through the air ducts, and Norman up at the top in his lair hears it, and that's how he knows who to attack. Oh, okay, gotcha. So that that was actually one of the things that they explained in the new movie, not by just having someone explain it to us, but showing it in the movie. Yeah. So kudos. Yeah. And then she falls down. Yeah. So breaks her leg. Yeah, we didn't know that at first, so the next scene was really confusing. But, mm-hmm. but that, she's just lying there, and there's thousands, yeah. tens of thousands of spiders all crawling all over the place, and then they like crawl on top of her. One of them jumps her. onto her oh, mask. That's so weird. No, but then this is the weirdest part. The reason why the nerd has the knife is so that he can cut a slit into... Uh, Alicia's hazmat suit so a spider can crawl into the suit and then bite her but it just it goes up into her mask but this is the weird thing there's a spider inside her mask and you know she's understandably screaming and you know going nuts because she can't move because her leg is broken but then the next scene the spider's on the outside but it has bitten her yeah but it has bitten her (laughs) I I don't know this is like this incontinuity is on par with the flywheel break horn prank. <laughs> like just doesn't I don't know what happened, but it yeah. happened in the movie. So Norman he does this because he's he's not a murderer. The spiders are the murderers. And so he cuts open her suit, lets a spider bite her, and then he gets a spider to bite him himself. But why was he immune to the spiders? Because he was just walking around. Oh, yeah. Because he, he didn't have the pheromone? Is that no, what? he had a box that had like an anti-pheromone or something, didn't he? That, that was my oh, assumption. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if that was yeah. actually what... Like, I don't think they actually explained it. Yeah. And then... But he he has a different spider. He has a brown recluse, which is why he dies immediately. Yeah. The, which thing when he, he dies. Yeah, the spider bites him. He starts, for no reason, he starts unbuttoning his shirt. So it's giving off very different vibes yeah, from we, what they want. We were getting worried. Is coming next in the plot, and then he, the spider bites him on the neck anyway. Yeah, right. Well, it was on his chest. Oh, okay. All right. So the spider bites him. He dies. Then Alicia's just laying there, and she starts saying Psalm twenty three. She starts singing Jesus loves me. Um, so I, I again, the Jesus loves me. Part. Yeah, something to point to. This to is know a that this movie. is a Christian movie, and then. Uh, the private investigator dad and I think the professor show up and they break through the wall mm-hmm. and they save her and the professor's there with all kinds of anti-venom. Yeah. And so they save Alicia. And everybody else in the school. Yeah. And then uh, presumably they fumigate the school then, but... I hope so. <laughs> I mean, there are always budget problems in the education system, but I think yeah. one can fairly assume. And then then we cut to the end scene. Are we scene. missing anything? I, I don't think so. I, I don't know. If we had just said this was the Hangman's Curse episode and just had an hour of silence, <laughs> we still wouldn't have missed anything. <laughs> and so they cut to this scene where the family's hanging out at their RV. Blake is there. And the goth kid, Ian, is now wearing normal clothes. <laughs> so I guess he... Well, I guess they converted... or he, he's, he's no him. longer a goth. He's no longer a goth. He is no longer a member of this cult. Mm-hmm. And, and he's there with the other girl who was also a goth. Who is not a goth anymore. Yeah, she also yeah. looks normal. And they're playing frisbee. Yeah. And uh, Blake. Alicia's in a wheelchair. No, she just has crutches, right? Oh, yeah, she's sitting at a picnic table with yeah. crutches. Yeah, yeah. And then they all gather around the picnic table to eat lunch. The soundtrack, the soundtrack was an acapella version of the doxology. Yeah, was... And that's when we transition into this RV frisbee, everyone's happy scene. Yeah. And then uh, the dad asks Blake to say the blessing. We have seen this before in... Christian Mingle. Yeah. When they ask the guest to pray. The guest who... Presumably... Which I guess Christian Mingle, she was playing the yeah, trick she that she did Yeah, she was supposed to be a Christian, but still not polite. Yeah. And in this movie, they had no idea if he was a Christian or not. I don't... It's not... Yeah. And then, and then he 
praise. And then, he, you know, he's kind of stumbling over his words, understandably so, because he's never really done this before. Mm-hmm. And then he says, thank you for Alicia being so hot. And then he's like, thank you for Mr. Private Investigator Dead for not beating me up after this prayer. Yeah. It's so... I don't I don't know. Yeah. Thank it, you for Alicia being yeah. so hot. Like it reminded me of uh there's this video of a guy praying at a, before a NASCAR race one time and he was like a Southern Baptist pastor and he makes this long prayer and then at the end he's like thank you for NASCAR and thank you for my smoking hot wife. And that's what it, this reminded me of. But wait, uh, isn't that from Talladega Nights? No, I don't think so. I think it was a real life thing that happened. Maybe Talladega Nights took that from real life thing that happened. Maybe. Because I'm pretty sure, I thought it was in Talladega Nights. It could be. Ricky Bobby. Yeah, I've I seen that. So It's been a while since I've I'm seen pretty it sure this was a real life thing, though. I'll have to look it okay. up after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But I'm pretty sure this was a real life thing that I saw. Jeez. Okay, and that's Hangman's Curse. Yeah. The It ends with that weird prayer. So, I, the... I don't know if there's any kind of... Oh, no, 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 no. It ends with them getting another text from the government. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that the government texts them. That's, like, my favorite part of the whole thing. They get texts from the government telling them where to go. It's like the X-Files. Yeah, maybe maybe the government does text their paranormal investigators. I don't know. Yeah, but, so, this movie was terrible. It, oh. uh... You know what, though? I think it did have some charm, though. It, it had... When Christians try to write about high school, it's always wonderful. It ch- is, charming is one word for it. Well, it, that particular vein of charm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really don't have a lot to say about the movie. So, I'm trying to think if there's any kind of way we can kind of pull it all together. Yeah, some not, kind of statement one, where... Like, the one thing that I think they were trying to do with... So you have the beginning of the moral relativism. You have throughout the movie the bullies and the goths and, you know, um, whether the bullies should bully the goths and whether the goths should seek revenge against the bullies. And at the end, Norman says something about survival of the fittest. And I feel like that was the thing they were trying to tie together. Evolution. Well, well, in a moral sense. like. Does might make right or something like that? Like I feel like that was the message, but it was not communicated well at all. And I mean the whole message of like bullying and all that is good, but they just they tackled it in the the strangest (laughs) way possible, the strangest way possible. Yeah, it was bizarre. Anyway, uh, that's the movie. Let's go to our guiding questions. Was there any truth in this movie? Uh, you said this, and I want to. See, I don't know if you were you remembered it, but you said the trigger discipline. Oh yeah, was I was going to bring that up. Movie. The oh, trigger sorry. discipline in this movie was fantastic. There were a number of scenes with guns, and it like their trigger discipline was great, which means they they weren't just waving guns around with their fingers on the trigger all the time. Which I don't want to. This come off as a generalization, but conservative Christians. I do. I, yeah, they I do have, expect that they tend yeah. to have better trigger discipline than liberal bloggers, for instance. <laughs> if God's not dead, yeah. the liberal blogger had had a gun, she would not have had. It would have been a disaster. Yeah. But I was impressed by that because I noticed it every time. I was like, "Whoa, that's impressive." Yeah, and I, I, like the whole thing about bullying. I mean, again, there were themes that they weirdly insert. Like, I guess the whole bullying thing is good. I think, but again, they just tackled it in such a strange way. It was so hard to tell what the movie was trying to say, to change my mind about or say, or ask what, what are they, what question are they asking? Yeah. There's none of it. Maybe we're expecting too much of it. Maybe it was just a horror movie, which is a whole other thing. (laughs) This is supposed to be a horror movie slash thriller. And there's like two or three, Maybe three jump scares in the whole thing. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even a good, bad horror movie. <laughs> Did it handle this material well? I feel like we've answered this question. <laughs> the material that they came up with was handled in exactly the way that I think I could expect that material to be handled. I think I said all I needed to say about this when I said that this is the first time that I've actually like filled a page of notes not because I was taking the podcast seriously, but just because I couldn't follow the movie. And so I had to take notes so I could remember what was happening in the yeah. movie. What was your favorite line from the movie? There were some good Oh, ones. I mean the hereafter line. Okay, the hereafter favorite. line. I liked the since when did cleaning toilets become a prerequisite for ethics. <laughs> and I also like um, 
when the professor, they're starting to figure things out, and he says, now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, should this movie have been made? I, it's, I don't know about I, the I book. feel like I would need to read the book. I know, yeah. Know. And I, you know, Frank Peretti, he's not one of my favorite authors, but... I mean, my there was a time was where I did, I did enjoy his books. Because yeah. I, I read a couple of them, and they were they kept me captivated. I would imagine that this might actually be, or could have been a decent... Because the premise is kind of... Because, I mean... I mean, it worked in Chambers of Se- Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, and, like, the whole high school cult thing, I feel like you could have... I mean, that could have been appealing to yeah, it, the it, kids. I think it could have been a good movie. If they had made it differently. Yeah. Or at least a passable movie. Yeah. Oh boy. Who would you recast, if mm. anyone? That's a, mm. <laughs> Stephen King as the professor. Yes, Stephen <laughs> King. Because have you seen his cameos and his stuff? No, but I... like in the 80s, he had several cameos and he was always like all coked out and weird <laughs> in his cameos. But what was funny about Frank Peretti, I felt like he was... He was playing he, Stephen for King. For his acting... Training. He just watched clips of Stephen King cameos. It was excellent. <laughs> um, I don't really know. There, there wasn't anybody memorable enough to. Like, not really. No. This cast was not good. Did anything knock your socks off in this movie? Several of the plot points were. <laughs> was, I'm trying to think if there was anything that really blew me away. Sometimes you have that yeah. moment where you're just like, "Did this really just happen?" In I this think movie? the one-liners, like you ever play Twister, <laughs> that's. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was any other. Yeah. If the like if the dad said something, we did the handshake move, but he didn't. Maybe he didn't. It wasn't memorable. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember anything that knocked my socks off in this movie. Oh, okay. Perhaps, perhaps the staging of a production of a play about the Hangman's yeah. Curse. That yes, yeah, that that that, no, that knocked my that socks did off. knock my socks off. <laughs> oh boy! Would you recommend or watch this movie again? No, no, no. I would not. It's not worth it. Read the book if you're curious. yeah. Read the book. I here. I've never read the book. Yeah, I'm, I'm not book endorsing is, it. I, no, I am recommending the book. Oh. Because this movie, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm trying to put a positive spin on it, so I recommend the book to all of you. But the movie, not so much. All right, how would you rate this movie? Two straws. Two straws. Yeah. Out of five, right? Ten. ten. Out of ten. Two straws. I'm not giving this a forty percent. All right. All right. That's I'm, almost a. I'm gonna give this a one noose out of ten. <laughs> a noose. Oh my! All right, fair this, enough. This is—that's how this movie movie made me want to feel. Oh I felt like man! This movie, because oh, we've watched this is number thirteen, yeah. right? That we've watched. Oh, funny, we watched Hangman's Curse oh, because of the thirteenth episode. But the the this movie was the strangest because all these movies have weird, ridiculous, ridiculous like Little Piece of Heaven, Christian Mangle, just ridiculous plots. But there was something. They at least attempted to tie it together. Yeah. Except the Omega Code. Except the Omega Code. That one was just a nightmare. But after we watched this, I was debating whether or not this movie would take Omega Code's place. It's definitely. It's in a strong second place. I don't know if I think it's worse, though. Yeah, the thing about this movie, it did not try to be like a big movie like Omega Code did. Yeah. Yeah. So at least this movie wasn't the Omega Code. Yeah, at least it wasn't the Omega Code. That's my Code. final word on that. Are there any other questions? Um, no, that's it. So uh, we looked up some reviews of this movie to see what others were thinking about it, and I couldn't find anything really interesting. It was, you know, the typical responses, which were like, a hundred of the reviews were like, this was a great Christian movie. And then like a hundred of the other reviews were like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen because it yeah. was a Christian movie. I found, found some I found a couple tens on IMDb and I found, I'll read the one first. Because it was kind of funny. A one star review. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this movie is only good in comparison to You Got Served. 
Is that? I don't know. I don't know what that means. The poor acting among the ill-thought writing made this movie only good to laugh at. If you enjoy cheesy movies that can give you laughs galore, then I would strongly recommend this. This film reminds me of an R.L. Stein book, only with less talent, with my 14-year-old brother-in-law thought it was childish crap. This movie goes to show what passes for entertainment today. As for the scare factor... I was more frightened by the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Halloween special. It did give off a nice glow on my television while I was playing a board game with my friends, though. That's the only compliment they will get from me. (laughs) And then, 10 out of 10. This is an excellent movie for anyone in middle school to high school, maybe even containing some college students. I would not have wanted to watch this when I was in college. It shows the rebellion and differences between the stereotypes and how the cool groups don't expect the different people such as... Or don't accept... The different people such as goths and brains. Anyone who has ever been picked on or picked on someone should try to understand the pain it puts one through. It shows that you need to get along and how it can hurt someone so badly that it could push them over the edge, such as Abel. It also shows how teachers will ignore the students' cry for help just because they're on the team or in the club. It shows how favoritism hurts. Not a bad uh, review. Because again, like the whole bullying thing, a good issue to tackle. Uh, but just in the weirdest way possible. And I like what they said about teachers at the end, yep. like showing favoritism because people go into teaching for a lot of different reasons. And one of them, I think, is some people either trying to relive their glory days <laughs> or trying to justify the bad experience they had when they were in high school. Mm. There's, I think there's definitely a contingent of people that do that. Um, yeah. And that's... Those are the two that I yeah. have. Right. So... Yeah, Hangman's Curse was an experience. It was a convoluted mess of a plot. Like, we haven't talked about the acting or, like, the direction or any of that because none of it really was important. Mm-mm. Like, it, it wasn't terrible where you're like, oh, this is awful, except there were some really weird cuts that happened. There were some really, yeah. Which we were, we were almost worried that we were, like, missing part of the movie, but I don't think we were. We have a... It's from the beginning. But this thing's on YouTube if you want to watch it. It is. It's only an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah, only an hour and 40 minutes long. It was long. I think that's really it, though. I think that's all we have, too. So, um, you can check us out on Instagram at Better Day Podcast. You can email us at betterdaypodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at betterdaycast. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes as well, so please leave us a review on iTunes if you... Uh, feel compelled to do so. And, and please send us movie suggestions. Yeah, send us movie <laughs> suggestions, anything that you might uh, know about Hangman's Curse, even if you've seen it, if you have questions or comments about it. And uh, let us know if you ever wanted to marry one of your parents as well. We're still asking that burning question. <laughs> that's, that's all we got. I'm, I'm done talking about this movie. So long, folks. 